Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Dine Sports YouTube page and podcast network. Today we're going to be talking hoops with a very, very talented and well-known uh, lady, Fabian Blizzard, who had a stellar playing career and then translated that into a stellar coaching career and is now helping to build programs on the uh, women's prep scene and the academy school that she is a huge part of here in Ottawa Capital Courts Academy. Uh, we had to actually cut this interview a little bit short and uh, there, there's just so much information information and she's such a such a wealth of knowledge that we we're really just beginning to scratch the surface with her there so we're definitely gonna have to look at uh, possibly doing a part two of this but uh, this is just a small tidbit as far as um, you know some of the things that she can speak to as well too and um, you know I, I've, I've got a, a lengthy list of accomplishments that she's had and again it, it could probably be three pages long and we, we'd only be halfway through but just some of the highlights of her playing and coaching career uh, 2019 cadet women's national team assistant coach 2019 OSBA silver medal uh, head coach capital courts academy team ontario uh, coach for 2018 17 16 15 uh, you know won three golds and a bronze for U17 and U15s there. Ontario Cup head coach, two gold medals there. As an athlete, three-time OUA All-Star, four-time uh, University of Ottawa MVP, two-time University of Ottawa Athlete of the Year, Quebec team silver medal at the National Championships, 2009 University of Ottawa Women's Basketball Hall of Fame inductee as a player and a leader. And, and the list just goes on and on. I, I actually had to put that down because um, trying to capture some of uh, you know this lady's achievements and the impact that she's had not only on uh, basketball but just sport in general from coast to coast is, is huge so uh, definitely definitely a very very accomplished woman who has made an impact on the sport so we're, we sit down and just try and peel back e even a sliver of uh, some of the things that she's been able to uh, do and sort of what goes into building a successful program how what goes into you know recruiting behind the scenes um, not only at the high school level but at the NCAA level at at the youth sport level at the college uh, level here in Canada as well too and you know she's she's had the privilege of coaching some players who have gone on to not only just NCAA Div 1 programs but some pretty impressive you know blue blood traditional high high major programs um, and so that that for anyone who is involved in sport regardless whether it's basketball hockey football whatever um, you you know firsthand that getting American coaches to come up here and, and recruit is not always the easiest thing, but she's been able to uh, create a fairly steady pipeline of players that are going on to play at the next level. So we talk basketball and, and all sorts of things. And, uh, you know, a lot can be taken from this interview. So for anyone who's out there that's young, that's watching this, you know, just uh, uh, open your ears and absorb as much as you can. And, uh, you know, hopefully you guys can take a thing or two away from us at the end of it. We got a lot to cover, so let's hop right into it. Coach Fabian Blizzard of Capital Courts Academy. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Dine Sports YouTube page and podcast network. Joining us today is a legend in the Ottawa basketball community. We have the one and only Fabian Blizzard. How are you today, coach? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. We're really excited to have you on board here. Have you been staying busy during uh, COVID? Oh, yes. Yeah. Lots, lots of things to do work-wise because work hasn't stopped because I do work from home. Uh, on projects and then uh, trying to keep the you know the girls the basketball team going as well you know as I think as we were talking about earlier the mental health portion of it is is the biggest piece so um, so we've been really working on having those dialogues and and also making it fun we had like zoom set zoom sessions where we're doing zumba dance because I'm, I, I do zumba I'm a zumba instructor too this is like a pastime thing so I can stay in shape <laughs> so um so the girls always bug me to do some so we just kind of integrate a little bit of fun where it's not serious talk or serious basketball discussions all the time um so that's been keeping us busy but now that they're off on holidays we're giving everyone a break from each other you know and not doing more zoom calls on top of the school stuff that they were doing yeah yeah and obviously that this is a, a very unique year and unique season and whatnot there and uh, probably a lot of the things that you guys had planned for the girls over the summer you've kind of had to you know adapt to, to say the least there you know 
have things been going as sort of relatively smoothly as far as doing some of the video sessions and all that? Or, you know, what, what have maybe been some of the unique twists you've put on things to, to keep interacting with them there? Um, well, we have life skills sessions twice a week is what we call, but, and we normally have them during the year. Um, I think with having them on Zoom, which was a bit different, you're able to bring more people in, even people that are outside of Canada. So we're being able to bring guest coaches or guest speakers um, to talk to them about different topics. Um, and and uh, what I've done is I've also had them facilitate the session. So they have to, I give them a topic of interest and I don't give any details around it. It's up to them to identify, you know, if we're gonna talk about confidence, then they will actually facilitate the discussion, identify and make sure it's interactive. So we're looking at all these because at the end, because we have different little things going on, I, we do sweaty selfies so they can do, the, when they show me they've done their workout and some people will send me videos and were you able to include family so we had a hilarious video with the family actually doing a workout I've asked them to do and nice. I sent them the video and the family had to do it and it's the fun. it's always like the, the person that's able to be the most creative by including her their family um, and then we have three people at the end of this year at the end of the school year that we just finished I'm gonna send them their prize which I'm waiting for right now because I'm I got something made for them so the, and then so that they will receive the prize they've already announced by the time we had the last session but it's um it was a lot of really involving them in making the session so it's not about us talking to them but it's them also understanding how do you facilitate how do you make sure that everyone's involved in the discussion so it was fun for me because i didn't have to prepare every time or our assistant coach preparing um it was it was making sure that everyone had an opportunity to prepare for the session and show up ready um, always starting with an icebreaker and then after that getting into your topics nice nice and you know you've got such an extensive not only playing career but coaching career as well too we've got so much to cover today that we might as well start at the very beginning here you know like you remember your your, your first time picking up a oh basketball or the first time first organized basketball activity you did Gosh, uh, yeah, so Kyle, I'm, I am older. See, I'm wearing glasses now. People would be happy that I have my glasses on because I always ask someone else to look at something on paper. <laughs> so Merrick would be very happy. He's like, wear your glasses. Um, so um, so uh, I started way back. So um, I'm from Quebec. Um, I lived in Sarrel, Quebec. Um, so, um, so I started, um, believe it or not, a lot of people didn't know that, but I was a figure skater for at least a good five to this year we would say because by the sixth year I got into high school and uh, the high school coach saw me running track and he says do you want to play basketball and I'm like why not I was I think I was 12 13 years old um, and um, as soon as I tried it I really liked it and uh, my mom made me choose because said you have 6 a.m. practice for figure skating and you're in competition right now or you go to 6 p.m. practice. So that was really easy at 13 to decide that <laughs> which time I'm going to pick. So I picked uh, basketball. Um, and then I just fell in love with it. Our coach was uh, very passionate about it. Um, there were specific rules, and I'm sure you can relate to that. Um, my parents did work an hour and a half away. So um, they had to trust my coach so he can drive me home after. So it was very, you know, he had to, I don't know how many things he had to sign or <laughs> I don't know what, how many checks my mom had to do or my dad. It's like he did everything possible that they would agree that they, he would basically after practice drive me home because it was at least a 45 minute walk, uh, mm -hmm. you know, so, so he, he was awesome. Like he's, um, he basically let me close the gym half of the time. The school is dark and I'm still in the gym. Um, but because of him, I really just, fell in love with the sport. Uh, my sister and I both played because my sister's only a year younger than me. Um, and she's actually a coach now in, uh, in Montreal coaching basketball. So she's really, she really loved it, but she didn't love it to the point of the, the level of putting as much work into it. That was my, that was our beef. I always, I always liked when she was not on the team. So there's always that year that she was with me because <laughs> so, she just messes around all the time and it, we had a different focus. So, um, so that was one of the things that she, that we have with each other. I said, oh, you took it too seriously. So, um, so high school was great. 
um, I basically ended up watching um, the CIGEP in Sarel. Uh, there was a, 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 lady, a, a young girl, um, young woman that was speaking about her journey and the fact that she was at a different, she was at, I think at McGill. And, and I was so taken from what she was saying that I was like, you know what, I'm getting out of here. I'm, I'm going to go to CIGEP outside of here. I'm not going to do it in Sarel. Um, and I got recruited. So I didn't even listen to any other people. I just went with the <laughs> first coach that recruited me. Uh, and that was in Lennoxville, uh, Quebec. Um, and that was on the same campus as Bishops. So Bishops and Champlain College. So, um, and, that's, and, and that's where I met my, husband, my now husband. Um, uh, but um, he played football on the football team and I played basketball um, at, at that time. And, um, and I became one of the MVPs for that team. And I, you know, it was, it was a different time too, because you have to remember back in those days, you played with the bigger ball and it was 30 second shot clock. So I, the, so not a lot of people shot. It was, I just, I was just speed inside out get to the rim and it worked every time we no one played zone which would have been perfect so there was no strategy like that um but the teams were very strong because quebec's cgep is pretty strong yeah yeah and you know looking back on it now we'll, we'll maybe stay stick with your high school and below years there you know what stands out the most to you now in terms of memories you know what, what was it the games was it a tournament was it just you know time spent on a road trip with friends like what what are the your most fond memories looking back on your playing your, your pre-university playing career there i think what i like the most is like you said on the road um what was different compared to what we do today where we stay in hotels and the kids you stayed in people's basement so so uh, so teams like i remember going to shikutimi i'm sure people are like shikutimi where's that <laughs> um but um it, it's uh, you go to twaviviara shikutimi and you had a family that was billeting the team and mm -hmm. you, you know like i remember we have pictures in the basement and you're basically sleeping there you're not it's not hotels like everything is set up you get a sleepover you know? away from home yeah it's a huge sleepover with the team um and you were in the basement and you're you, you know, you had a male coach, so the male coach had a room uh, upstairs or sometimes with a different house. Um, so so those, those were like my fond memory because now you look back, yes, we stay in hotels and you're trying to make it fun and you, you know, but it was just so different back then. Hotels was not even something you thought about because financially, you know, not everyone had money to, to put towards hotels and the coach drove everywhere and parents drove everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, was there a certain point there once you did start, you know, maybe a year or two into it there, where you started to think seriously about, okay, I'm going to use basketball as sort of a tool to get to the next level? Where's that sort of light bulb or aha moment? Did that ever happen? Or did it just sort of everything came about organically and you just sort of navigated your way through there? Yeah, no, I think I decide, I did decide that I wanted to go that route, especially when I saw that, that young woman when she spoke and she spoke at our high school. Um, it kind of had an impact on me and I'm like, I want to do this. You know, I want to play basketball through school um, and I want to see, I want to see if I'm able to get to, you know, the States because at the time it's only Vermont that was recruiting in Quebec. Um, and then, um, you know, and my mom had different ideas. She's like, you got to go to a McGill, you know, uh, those types of, because academic was very big. So she had a condition for me. So I can only play basketball if I'm, I, my marks are 90 and over. So from high school perspective, that was the condition because my mom never thought it would last, uh, you know. And I think it's kind of like what a, one of the things that, you know, I found as a, as a young black girl uh my mom was always always emphasizing you're a double minority so you have no margin for error that was her you know and just a lot of times on your young kid you're like oh my gosh i said are you you know are you lighten up mom so but it was it's um you know it, it was just things that she would prepare you for as you went through because when i went to cgep and i'm away from home that's when a lot of stuff just kind of like whoa okay now i know what you're talking about um so you know so as as a young athlete i was always the only black player on the team on top so, but it never phased me so it's not a you know but I, I think it's just when things when when certain things did happen that's when i went oh wow i, I get it you know i do have to work harder because i i don't want to give a, anyone a reason so that's why for her the 90 percent mark was so important 
because I said, never give anyone a reason for something that you may not do properly. So that's why with basketball, I just went all out. With school, I, had, I went all out. It was always like, it's all or nothing because she always says you don't want to give anyone a reason to come back to you with something that you didn't do or you forgot to do. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of your actual approach to training then, you know, do you remember specific things that you changed? Did you start running more? Did you start, you know, hitting the gym? Did you start a regiment of, you know, I got to put up X number of shots every day? Like what, what, what did you do to sort of get from the level that you were to that level that you wanted to be once you did decide, okay, I'm going to take this seriously? I did start running more, you know, I always remember I had the biggest boots, you know, I think everyone's like the big winter uh, skidoo boots and I'm running in, I'm like, in, we're near Quebec City, you know, uh, from at Sorel, so I was almost at my knees and I'm running like a crazy person and my mom just shook her head. My dad too. I said, oh, that's interesting. I'm just, I want to see what's going to happen. I'm sure they were laughing at me the whole time, but uh, I'm outside running and I'm covered and I'm sweating inside. I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. But this is what my commitment was. I said, I'm doing this because I have to go the extra mile. Um, and I, like I said, I closed the gym. Um, at lunchtime, if I could, I would be in the gym. And, the, and he was also the phys ed teacher. So he would basically allow it. I remember one time there was a badminton uh, like a, a lot of times, as you know, at school, like there's the badminton, um, it's the badminton lunchtime series, right? now for that specific part of the semester and we had that and um so i basically challenged the badminton player and she just happened to be third in canada and <laughs> i was just like badminton's not a real sport so let's play um because i figure i'm gonna win my court and you're gonna have to put your net down she just i've never ran so much in my life i was like <laughs> she had me everywhere possible on the smallest space on that floor and i was i, I was dying I had to, I said, I, I need to high five you. I said, okay, I, I will never put down your sport ever again. Um, but it was, it was, it's just those types of things where you kind of learn different things about specific sports that are really, really hard um, when you actually know how to play it properly. So, um, so that, so there was different ways that I was able to try to make sure that I got time on the floor to do the things I needed to do basketball wise. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you, you had your, your Sejep experience there and, you know, you then went on to have a stellar playing career at U of O as well too there. So uh, what was that transition like? Was it a, a recruiting? Was it, you know, you sort of actively promoting yourself and sending out sort of videos of your game or did it sort of coaches were coming to you at that point? Um, I, uh, once I was with Sejep, coaches were coming to me. Um, I, I was very fortunate myself and the point guard, um, she was very good. She was, she's just fed me a lot. Um, and, uh, I, I use, like I said, my thing was, uh, I, I just had speed and I could, um, defensively was the big thing because from my high school coach believed in defense. So we pretty much scored off defense, uh, because I was quick and I knew how to steal the ball. I was, I, I could easily get 10 points just off steals. Um, so that was my biggest thing. So I really focused on my defense mainly. Uh, I know, I just remember, and I always tell the girls this story because when I do Team Ontario tryouts, I always let them know. I said, they come in and they're, I, I want to make it. I always want when people come into a tryout, you come into a tryout, you're going to learn about yourself, but you're going to learn new things. If it doesn't happen the way you want to, you just have to make sure that you come back. Ask for why and then come back. Um, and for me, I, and the only reason I said that is because I remember I got cut and I was, I was so upset and we we're talking back in the days, it's a hundred kids. So you're, I don't even, I have no idea how they can see you, you know? Uh, and again, not a lot of, not a lot of black kids at <laughs> this type of tryout. So, um, so I got cut and I remember the following year, I'm like, I'm not going back. Forget this. I'm not doing this again. This was too painful. I worked so hard. Um, and it was just last minute. One of my friends kind of reminded me. I said, I said, you said you love the sport. I said, when, I said, since when do you let someone decide that you're not going to do this anymore? So that means you've actually given others power to decide that you no longer love the sport. When she said you no longer love it, I was like, no, 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 no. That's not what it means. I said, well, you're giving up. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going. 
So um, I remember them selecting me and I left as quickly as they did because I didn't want that. I, I kept thinking they're going to change their mind. I better leave now before they notice they picked me. Um, and it was, it was probably one of my best summers. I really, really enjoyed it. I think this is when I ended up playing Team Ontario in Nova Scotia. Uh, is it no New Brunswick? I think it was New Brunswick because I remember it was the first time ever that my mom came to a basketball game because uh, with my dad. But in New Brunswick, I'm like uh, I said, of all the places, you, you know, you're coming all the way in New Brunswick to see me play. Uh, and I remember back then we were um, on the team. There was Janet Swords and those types of players, and uh, and they were all from I forget that uh, Andy Spark used to coach that club team. I always heard it was a different club team that they were part of. Um, and we lost by one to to them, but I was assigned the biggest task is to guard the best player on the other team because of my defense. And I knew that's what I got selected for. So, because when I went to that tryout, my thing was I'm going to set up and, and I'm going to guard the best player. And I always tell people, if you're going to do that, make sure you can guard the best player. Don't just go and guard the best player and, you know, they basically leave you standing there. So um, I always, I, I believe so much in how I can defend that I always made sure I'm going to find who the best player is and I'm going to make sure the spotlight is on me because there's a hundred people at this trial. Um, and, and that's what, and that's why I knew that I was going to play when it came to the Quebec team. And when we get to the final, I said, I will get that time because they're going to need someone to defend the best player. Um, and then, and that's what happened, especially because there was so much going on in Quebec in terms of the sea jets. And I, you know, we, everyone always thought, I said, oh, well, you know, it depends which coach they like. And, you know, that's, that's always these talks. And I always tell people, I said, don't get sucked in into it's political. It's this and it's that. It drives me insane. You know, let's just go see what happens. You know, if you're able to show in the way that, you know, represents you well, you should be able to at least get your foot in, you know, at the very least. If they're look, if, you know, if they're looking for the right people. You know, so um, so I think for me, it, it was um, it was probably one of my best experience with the Quebec team um, and being and at that time, that's when all the recruiting also started. So it started kind of a year or two before I graduated from CJ. Uh, the year before I graduated from CJ, I got all the Quebec universities. Um, so I knew pretty much all the coaches and they were talking to me. Um, and Ottawa U was just a surprise because I didn't know Ontario. Like you, when you're in Quebec, you just don't look outside. <laughs> you knew Vermont. So Vermont, I knew my mom already said no, so it wasn't going to happen. I was like, sorry, can't do it. Um, she looked at, as soon as she looked at the academic portion, she's like, no, don't, don't even mention Vermont to me. <laughs> um, and then, uh, McGill was where I was supposed to go. And there was the fab five, they called us and we were all going there. A week before school started, um, Ottawa, you spoke to me and I, and they said, I'll get you into your program because um, for whatever reason, the coach had dinner with me and wine and dine. Those were all fun. That's why I told the girls, I said, if you have an opportunity to have people treat you well and, you know, um, you know, go ahead because it's a great feeling. It just gets to a point where it's like, okay, enough is enough. I have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you, you know, we went dinner and he saw I had, I had a couple questions on my form and I said okay good I got the question I'm gonna mail those and he's like don't worry I'll take care of it he forgot so he said you can't I can't get you into your program which was um which was business but I'll get you into phys ed and my mom I think my mom just had she just lost her mind said you're going to McGill in phys ed that's not happening. So, um, so, so at the, at the time I thought it was, it's, it's um, you know, it's a done deal, mom. I'm starting school in a week. Um, but Ottawa, you came in and for whatever reason, I can't, I don't know who they heard from, but I, you know, it's the basketball world. Yeah. Um, so she's knocking at my door telling me I can get you in to your program. So, so I, a week before school started, I shifted. I just went to Ottawa, you, I had nowhere to stay. I didn't even think about any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, luckily, my husband was from Ottawa. So um, his, uh, his mom offered me to stay at the house where, where they were. So I, it was in Viewmont, Viewmont, Nepean. So I took the bus the first year until I got my place, uh, a place with the girls the next year. But it was kind of the best. You know, when you make a decision, I ended up making a decision where I wanted to go where no one knew me because I had such a good 
three years in Quebec, um, I felt that everyone knew you. They knew like your shoe size, you name it. I, I can walk anywhere and people are like, oh my gosh. And suddenly they're, they're, they're basically telling you your stats and everything about you. And now there's five of us going to the exact same school. Then there's only four universities there mm-hmm. at the time. And all of them were, all of us are going to those four. And so that's why I was like, I want to go somewhere where no one knows me. And I want to see if I can have an impact. Um, so when she said that, I was like, this is perfect. And academically, my mom was like, ah, as long as you get into your program, I'm good. So, you know, so it was a pass. So that's kind of how it happened. Um, but I always feel that, you know, everything happens for a reason. And it's, it just happened the right way. Um, I think I've had the best five years of basketball I can think of. Um, in that program. Um, it did help that my husband finished Bishop's University and he was go- he's going back home. Um, he, he ended up having a, a, a major knee sur- uh, injury at playing football at Bishop's and he was, and he was supposed to go to Eskimo for CFL. Um, so I told him blessing in disguise again. I know he didn't want to hear that at the time, but <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> it was a lot of things that happened where, you know, if I look at it, we've been together for 35 years, you know? So, um, so at the end of the day, I said, things worked out the way it should, but he was my biggest cheerleader when I went to Ottawa U and and played and, and really encouraged that. Yeah. You need to have your own place. You need to be, you know, (laughs) separated so you can really enjoy your university the way it should be. So I think that's why I tell all the girls, I said, find someone that's going to support you and, talk and talk about the fact that it's about you go take care of your business and then you know and and then we'll see what happens yeah yeah wild how, how some of these things just line up and you know the the rest is history yeah yeah so uh, i mean you, you touched on it briefly now you, 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 obviously you're now in a position as a coach where you're helping a lot of your girls at, at cca through the same process through the recruiting process right mm-hmm. well, in, in what ways has the recruiting process changed since you, you were going through it? Or has, for the most part, not a lot has changed. It's just sort of the approaches. It's texts and emails instead of phone calls and, you know, in-person conversations. Yeah. It's, um, it's it, like you said, it, that's the way it changed because um, I, I, I was with Ottawa U for like eight plus years. So some of my, uh, one of my responsibility was recruiting. Um, and, uh, and it was, it, it's, uh, I remember you're getting like those VHS tapes <laughs> sent to you about the girls. You're, you're driving to Toronto to go to a tournament and, uh, and you're, you're talking to the kids, you're watching how they, and I, I always tell them because from my perspective, when I used to go, I watched the bench, I watched the, how you are with your parents. Um, I'm watching how you are with your teammates on the floor and off the floor. Um, I've actually walked out of a, uh, of a game where the girl knew I was coming and I left. And I remember um, Wanda Pilon at the time, because that's who I was coaching with at Ottawa U. She asked, I said, what happened to, to Emily? I said, I don't think we want Emily. Because <laughs> her attitude, like she was, um, there's certain people when you add to your team, it just chemistry. Um, and the attitude she had with her family is what kind of turned me off. I said, if she can talk to her family like that and her teammates like that, I don't think it's someone we want on our team. And I knew what the values were already. So, um, so that's what I was explaining to her because those are the things you don't see off the video. Um, so that's why it's really important. When I talk to the girls about um, recruitment, um, what, I, what, what turns, the, uh, turns a, a lot of parents off is when... Um, when coaches go and start doing Instagram messaging with the kids, to me, it's like, it's a little bit of red flags there, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, the, the coaches with the right intentions are going to go with the right route. So it really depends because you're talking about recruiting is happening at the high school level now for the prep schools and all that. Um, and then you have the next phase of it, which is now university and college. Um, and the university and college with, um, with, in Canada, they can talk to you directly. And most, I, I think I know pretty much all the coaches in the, the Canadian universities, and they've been amazing. Like, I get them in my gym on a regular basis. I want the girls to be exposed to them. I, I make them run half of my practice because I really want the girls to see 
that's their style that's their approach you know so if they and that gives them a chance to see the girls in, differently as well um so that's kind of the connections they have coaches will often call us now which is give me you know tell me about them how are they you know as a person how is their family how's the dynamics in that family so so at least it gives them an idea before they say okay I'm, would you be uh, you know would would it be okay for you to share the uh, their contact details uh, for from for all of my my girls like i always ask permission at the beginning of the year i said coaches are going to call if there's any hesitation um, you know that you don't want me to let me know but most of the time parents are like nope give it away it's up because I really want the girls to be, it's their decision. It has nothing to do with me um, at all. You know, I don't influence their decision because I really don't want them to come back at me and say, well, you said, um, you know, and they have a miserable experience. So I want my name out of it as much as possible. Um, you know, and, and those are the things I, I enjoy more. But I think, like you said, when you look at the recruiting process today, um, it is once you now are, able to talk to them there is a lot of texting uh there is a lot of uh i know my daughter went through it it's a, like you know she's like i gotta go to top three i can't do this texting every single day so that's the part where i think it's it's a little much i think the, at the beginning it's you feel so appreciated and you know your work the work you put in you know it's it paid off now it's like okay i have to start making decisions because i can't have texting and talking to coaches every single day uh, because you know they're they're coming after you because you're a priority you know if you're in their top three as well they're you're getting calls on a regular basis um, so I think like even someone like um, uh, Marissa Russell for example for her she basically decided I think it was like almost uh, um, I think uh, as soon as we got into September where they could actually call her directly because normally it would go through me and then I would set it up um, and she basically, I, I think it lasted two weeks. She's like, I'm making a decision. That's it. And Marissa doesn't mess around. She's a very different type of uh, person. Um, she's a little bit of an introvert, but people wouldn't see it that way. Um, but she would be, and, and, um, but she's also a kid that has done her homework. And this is what I try to make sure all the kids do. She has watched every team that has contacted her. She, has, uh, she understands the style of play of the coach she understands the rosters they have and who's a senior who's a junior you know so that's kind of in her head she gets an understanding she's been watching a lot of these teams for like three maybe four five years even because that's how much basket she just eats and sleeps it um and she is just so smart so so when you talk to her about i'm ready i'm this is and i'm, I'm like okay so why are you making this decision what what's happening and she'll just like rhyme them off boom 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 this is why this is who this is i was like the relationship building and i'm like you're ready you, you pull the trigger you yeah. know but what i liked about her was like well if i pull the trigger does that change something from a cca perspective in terms of the coach interest into our program but at the end of the day i said that's not important i said what's important is you i said we're not i said we're get, we'll get the coaches they're gonna still come and take a look at our girls because we have a good program we have a good girls but I thought it was just so sweet of her to think about the program and think about me, you know, and, and I think, and I think those are the kind of things where the recruiting process is so hard. And if you can actually just facilitate and help without saying, Oh, you should go with them or you should go with them because for whatever interest or because it's your preferred team. Um, I think that's where you're able to build that kind of, mutual respect with the players that with your own players the trust because they know there's there's nothing in there for you it's just you trying to look out for me and trying to get me to think about what I'm doing and making sure I've done my research and I understand what am I getting into you know I'm not going to there because of the name but I'm going in there with my eyes wide open and I understand where I'm going to be in the roster because no one could tell you you're going to play so it's, um, but I, you know, I know it's a long response to like, well, how's recruiting? It's, you know, I think it's the same. It's just that you got all the electronics in the world to do what you need to do today. Yeah. A lot more than you used to back in the days. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it, it's such good advice too, right? Because for, for a lot of these families, right? It, 
<laughs> unless you're coming from a lineage of just all-star NCAA <laughs> Div 1 athletes there, right? It, it, it's their first experience with this kind of attention mm -hmm. and this kind of process, right? So is there any sort of, <laughs> I, I guess you could say universally applicable sort of words of advice that you would give to a family who's never experienced a recruiting process as far as, you know, as a parent, what questions should you be asking or what should you be, what kind of dialogue should you be having with your son or daughter about like, well, what are your thoughts on this? What, what, what's your advice to a family mm -hmm. like that? Well, I think one of the things that we do, because right now, one of the things I do with the girls, as soon as they get into that grade 10, 11, um, we start, um, I want them to start identifying what is your, what's your list? You know, like, uh, you know, some, you have your dream schools, everyone does. Um, you know, and then when you do that, I want them, and this is an exercise that they, you know, we, we they have to do now with their parents. Um, it's going to be like, okay, I need you to take a look at this list and having a conversation with your parents about each one of those teams. So that means, uh, same thing, you know, with Marissa, it's like, okay, you need to re look at film on them because there's so many films on every team. You can find them on YouTube. Um, I said, their style of play. Is this aligned to your style of play? You know, um, because some of them will go through, they'll go through a team that is not a running team and they love the running game. I have a player, that's what she did. She's playing at NCAA Division One at a team that does not love to run and she loves to run. But she was like, oh my gosh, NCAA team. So, um, but those are the kind of things I said, you gotta really, the style of play is number one and talk to your parents about it. Then look at, do they have players your size? So if you're a five-five player, and I did that exercise with my own daughter, so that's why she's five-seven. I said, "You're five-seven player. Who are you playing behind, and who are they? Who are they recruiting over you? You know, um, with you at the same time. And do they typically play small players? Um, and a good example is Ashley Polachek. I've had her for Jewel for two years, and uh, I know when she went to the school, that coach uh, 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 at UFC at the time." Uh, loves smaller players. The Mississippi coach that um, loves his smaller players, but the new coach that came in does not like smaller players, you know, but loved her work ethics. But at the same time, he's like, I don't do shorter players. So you got to really understand that. And you can see that by who they play. That's all. So I said, you really, and I really need the girls to like, what's on their roster? Who is, who are they playing? You know, are there five, six, five, seven players really playing, but you see them on the roster, um, you know? And then the other bigger, bigger question, what is happening with the academics? And because a lot of the girls, I, we're blessed with like girls that are just workhorses and their academics are so high. Like Marissa was a 93% average kid, you know? Um, but most of them, like I, our highest average was Cassie from Brockville and she was 98 so so we're very fortunate that our kids whatever if they weren't doing well off court they were not going to do well on court unfortunately because it was in their heads it's girls basketball that's how it happens but at, so so if they're having this exercise with their parents it also allows them to be realistic about the teams that they've listed because I want that exercise to be done you know I've watched film over the summer coach like you said I started to watch the players. I started to watch the players that play my position. Um, I, you know, and I noticed the following. It's, they have Kia nurse type of size when they're playing. It might not be the team for you. you know. Um, so it allows them to start narrowing down that list of teams that they have in mind because everyone will have the, you know, like who doesn't want to play for Gino? But what is Gino's? You know what I mean? Like, what, what, is, what is Gino's uh, plans for, do we see a lot of sh small players on his team because he goes tall? So there's a lot of things that you, you have to take a look at, and I want them to do that exercise so then the parents get comfortable with that. Um, and I think um, I give the parents, I give the kids a, and the parents a spreadsheet too that has a lot of different questions that you can ask the coaches just so you can start eliminating because you're going to hear certain things that they are not saying, um, but those questions, they have to fill it up. And then they can also, they have another tab that ranks them in terms of the answers they provided. 
Um, and academic is always the first part because most of these kids are all academic driven. So, um, so, they, so I make sure that there's those discussions that are happening earlier on. Um, and, and then I also try to give them a bit of room because some parents will be like, I need your help. And some parents were like, okay, we got it. Um, and I want to respect that because then when they have answer questions, I'm like, okay, what do you need? You know? So, um, I also want to make sure, like, I think with, I think, uh, with CCA, it really kind of helped us because as a group, we looked at lessons learned and staying in our lanes, we call it is so important because we're good at everything. You're a dad now. So, you know, it's like, wow, well, you know, I, I can take care of any kid, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, it was like, okay, I'm your coach right now. So I'm going to stay in this lane, even though I could be, you know, I know exactly what to do in this instance, you know, and what I would say to my kid. Um, but a lot of times it's more, you know, you, you want to give that, that opportunity for the parents because we spend so much time with them that, you know, when is that time where you're just like, you know, have that conversation with your parents and let's see what, where their thinking is at as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, obviously there, there's so many factors that go into uh, the recruiting and the family being chief among them. And, you know, there's sort of the other hat that you, you wear as well too, not only being just guiding them through that process is you've actually got to coach them on the court, right? So <laughs> when you're approaching a team, because you know you look at your resume, you've coached everything from grassroots all the way up to provincial, national level teams and everything else in between. Do you sort of approach a team with a, a, a universal, this is my coaching philosophy, we're, we're, we're gonna work through it, or are you tailor fitting how you're going to run that team based on who's on it. And, and every team is sort of different. Yeah, I think, you know, as you mentioned, you know, we all have some, some general philosophies, you know, um, and, and I know for me, you know, um, when I look at general philosophy, philosophies of, you know, um, I can have a player that she's, you know, I, we actually do have a six, five player. Um, but at the same time, if that player is not giving me the effort that's required in our day-to-day -day practices, that means she's not playing, you know? So if I'm looking at that aspect, for me, this is not just about winning, but it's about really developing you as, as, you know, as a basketball player, as an individual, and as understanding that for you to get this, you have to earn it. And this is how we do it. So that's kind of that overall, but, uh, but as you mentioned, it's true. Like right now with Marissa and Bella and Cassie and Rachel leaving, that's a, that I had that team for three years. So, you know, so now, and some girls were there now. So you're, so yes, we got some, we have some changes that we make in terms of our systems and how we're going to be approaching things. And that's to me is the, the changes you have to be willing to make. Cause we're, this is, we're, you know, these are high school players. We don't have a university where you're recruiting for your systems. <laughs> so, um, so I think it's, um, and for me, what I like is the flexibility of being able to do this, you know? Um, and I think uh, what I find that was fun is when I was, um, when I coached, I had two teams at the time. I had the Jewel team and I had the boys team. And it was so interesting to be able to coach those two teams and try to see which offense that I would have to work with for the boys team because they could do so much more versus the girls team, you know? So I, you know, so doing a dribble offense with the girls team, it would never happen in a million years with that, you know, with that team that I had because they didn't, the only person that could handle the ball was uh, Brooklyn and Tyra along with, um, you know, um, uh, Ashley. You know, so those are the only three, but they're not playing at the same time. So you can't run it. But with my boys team, everyone could dribble the ball out of the sky because most of the team trained with Merrick all the time. So, so, those are, so you have to be able to adapt to what your players, what the strengths of your athletes are, and then identify areas that we're going to develop. Because by the end of the year, you want to be able to say that now, I said, we know we started here. We got to finish here. Because I'm a project manager, <laughs> <laughs> everything every player for me is a project so yeah. i need to make sure that we um we often talk about strength and weaknesses and i want to make sure they tell me what do you think your strengths are and once they tell me then we get to see if we're on the same page as you know we're often not on the same page <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so it's often so different i'm a shooter i'm like really 
all right so so those are the kind of things that once we know where we are we can actually understand what we're going to be focusing on and we can communicate that um and that's where i go with that it's more of a you know for three years we were blessed with a, uh, with the same group um and we know that there's certain things we could do because of the players we have now we know the group that we're about to have is going to be very good as well but they're younger so now it's basically identifying a system that allows them to play a little bit more because now i want to see if we can play to that to their strengths and being able to identify the type of offense that we're still going to be able to run with in some cases and some that we're you know we're meeting with the coaches next week we're probably going to say mm, that one's not going to work at all <laughs> it's out until we probably get into that second year so um and i think that's what the reality is of high school unless you recruit for your systems mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every coach is different, right? And you, you walk mm -hmm. into some gyms and you go like, wow, this is a finely tuned machine going on here. You walk into some other gyms and you almost cringe at what you're seeing there. So, you know, it, it, if there is a, maybe a new coach who was listening to this right now, you know, what's maybe one thing that, uh, you know, they should do more of in their practices? And what's one thing that they're probably doing too much of and can probably do a little bit less of in their practices? I think in your practices, like, um, you know, I think your, your, your first... You're for, like there's there has to be at least 30 minutes to 45 minutes dedicated to your skill work you know like you need um i think one of you know one of the key things that that you see now the best the thing that people need to know right now and need to do more and what coaches are looking for is um on the girl side everyone's looking for a true point guard it does not exist there's no longer there's always the player that can shoot that can kind of dribble that can you know but people are looking for a true point guard they're rare now um so and and they're looking for shooters you got to be able to shoot the ball but at the end of the day if you want to shoot the ball well you need to be able to dribble the ball well and to and and i think that the thing is what and i always tell everyone you should dribble every day for 10 minutes every day 10 minutes because it's all about your fingertips control your wrist control so if you are dribbling you're really getting a sense and a feel of the ball that kind of now gets into muscle memory that when I get into my shooting pocket and I'm able to get a feel, you understand why you're going to miss, you know? Um, and that's why I said like, when, like when you're looking at what do we need to work on, get your skill stuff worked on at the beginning of it. Then you have to play and, and you can create scenarios like, play for the next hour and 15. I used to bring the boys to play against the girls, especially when I had the two teams, like I call it March Madness. March Madness, my two teams looked forward to it. We had a full month of playing and at the end, someone gets the trophy. It's either the boys or the girls. We even had what we call a finishing move contest instead of dunking. Um, and I remember when our boys brought in and they, taped, they made a, a man all taped up. And they had to kind of jump over that guy to make a finishing move. It was hilarious. Um, so they got points for originality, but, but that's what I mean. It's like your next hour and 15 is you being able to now say everything that we just did, all these skills that we're learning, these finishing moves, the sh the, the, your step backs, your, your shooting, all of these types of, I need you to try them. Because once you do it in practice, I want to see it in a game. Um, I, and I always remember my daughter doing something in high school and I knew it's because Mer she had a session with Merrick and Merrick did it to her. So she basically is playing against Brooklyn at the time that was playing at St. Matt's and she was at San FX and she actually passed the ball to herself between Brooklyn's legs to the other side because Merrick did that. He just pushed the ball and Tyra's looking for him like, oh my gosh, because Merrick always comes up with crazy things when he does one-on-ones at the, at the gym that she did it in the game. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is she doing? You know? Um, and it was, it's just a lot of what I liked about it is that we have a lot of players like, um, you know, I just mentioned my daughter, but like the Marissa's, the, the Caskies, the, like all of these kids that came through us where they felt 
the permission to do things because I actually did it a practice because I did it in a game. I did it against the boys when we played the boys, you know? So even if it may not have worked against them because a lot of times they're just a lot bigger, you might have to give them a counter and you didn't. That's where you need to be able to now. That's why Marissa is so good because she played them so much that when it comes to counters, she can play the boys and the boys are like, okay, I don't want to play Marissa anymore. <laughs> you know? And it was to that point because I remember I brought her in to practice with the boys and she was the only girl and she was younger at the time. And uh, by the time she got better in her second year, the boys are like, the gloves are off, coach. I'm like, this should be off a long time ago. Go for it. <laughs> um, so they really enjoyed the competition with her and they never really you know, they just saw her as one of the team, you know, coming into practice and wanting to play. Um, and I think if coaches just get into, I'm going to do skill for this much time, which should be 45 minutes, eh, stretch it to 45 if you need a bit more. But that next hour and 15, you know, if, even if you don't want it to be like, oh, we're going to go five on five, just start it from transition, like three on two continuous, uh, two on two continuous, uh, three on two plus one. So you're constantly going until you can get to your last half hour of like, okay, five on five. And you now have scenarios that said, okay, you're down by four, but you got to just keep it going where it changed the scenarios of things that you may need. Uh, because I think that's what coaches want to spend. What, how much time on offense and you never run it. <laughs> if anyone that coaches boys team, like I want to see how many, except for probably Dave smart, <laughs> that how many teams actually run their offense mm -hmm. you know it doesn't happen very often at our age with the 12 13 14 15 um so i, I think it's you know you need to be able to get your review done with them said okay we got five ten minutes you guys walk throughs and you and you leave them i said okay you guys talk through it talk through it and you go between the two groups and you're able to get to hear them talk through the options and then now you start, okay, now let's go dynamics. Let's go uh, 30, 45 minutes of different skills. And your skill can be related to screen action. You know, am I hard hedging? If I'm hard hedging, what's your next move? What's your three other looks when this happens on defense? Uh, you know, am I slipping it? So there's so many things that you have to do uh, when you do 30 to 45 minutes that you're able to, you know, we have, we have luxury now, it's five days. <laughs> But when I had three days a week with um, either the voice team or the jilt team, um, I really made sure that there's so many things you have to pack in. So your dynamics probably includes a lot of your ball handling, you know, so just to, okay, I got to stuff it in. I only have two hours and they're going to kick me out 10 minutes before, um, you know, the janitors, the custodian's going to come at the door saying, okay, you guys got to wrap it up in five because the other team's waiting. So you got to find ways before you get in the gym and after and as you wrap up, how do you get as much as you can in on the little things? And then you give them homework. That's, have you done your 10 minutes of form, uh, 10 minutes of form shooting, 100 on a chair, 10 minutes of ball handling. If they can do that at home and it's only 20 minutes, why not? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, such great points, right? It's, it's, you, don't, you don't need these complex systems and 15 different kinds of offenses there. It's, it's the little things that end up making the difference for them at the end of the day. Oh, exactly. And, you know, when, when you're looking at a potential, you know, new recruit for CCA or a new player joining the program there, you know, what are some of the qualities that, that you're looking for before, you know, you, you bring them into the fold there? Um, the, there's going to be like, uh, one of the big thing is the, the focus piece because that's how I was very focused as an athlete. So that's huge. You get, you get pulled into that. Uh, the, comp the compete fire, like, because you can't, you can't buy that. I'm sure you've seen yeah. that like, with dealing with so many athletes. So when you have that compete fire, it's hard to teach that. Yeah. So you're really looking for, for that hunger and, um, you know, because now it's easy to, you know, uh, facilitate and shape. Um, and, and I think the, the last piece is um, the, the, the people that are supporting them. Like, who are these people? Um, because I think as, if, you know, as you said, you've coached, um, a lot of times, you know, with the parents, it's really making sure you have the right parents also that are supporting us as a coaching staff in terms of what we need to do. Uh, and that's really, really important because they have, uh, you know, I always tell them, I said, you know, once you trust us, 
We said, we trust each other. We're respecting each other. Let us do this. You know, let us take care of this. And it's harder when you have parents that are coaches. And I'm sure you've seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it brings up a really good point too, right? And, you know, you've mentioned it several times as well too. You know, your daughter is a very high level U sport athlete herself growing up. And, um, you know, how, what was your sort of role in, in, in her basketball journey? Like, were, were you coaching her all throughout her, her playing years? Or were you more so enjoying just being a parent and watching her develop? What, what was that dynamic kind of like? Um, it was funny because both my son and my daughter wanted to play basketball. Um, and um, they both, so, um, and I, I remember the reason why we were with the Wolverines all this time, and they're, they're just a fabulous club. I, I just love, like, I, I love working with them. Um, and, and I only remembered that club when I came to Ottawa because Ottawa U adopted them as a sister, as a sister club. Um, Michael Connor back then um, invited us to do clinics and it was just a small little gym with like 12 girls. Um, so that's kind of how it came about where for me, I'm like, okay, I only know as soon as they said, we want to play basketball. And I know for me, I didn't want to push them into it. I wanted, they tried everything, which you, you're going to definitely go through <laughs> gymnastics, <laughs> swimming, all that fun stuff oh, that yeah. you're going to do dancing, everything. Um, and it's, I think it's important. They gotta, they gotta try different things. And as soon as they said, we want to do basketball, I'm like, oh my gosh, let's do this. Um, so basically I, um, I, we did house league and I coached, um, at first I was sitting back and I noticed that the parent needed a lot of help. And I said, okay, you know what, what if I help you? Um, uh, and then, um, we basically were able, we had a good time with that team. And then, um, what we did is I told them that I would, um, I would move with this team competitively, but like I told my daughter, I said, you have to make the team because that we had a big thing. My husband did the same thing with my son in football. Um, they have to make the team on their own merit. Um, because my daughter doesn't look a lot like me, it was easy for to be at a tryout where I other people didn't know she was my daughter. So it was good because um, we were able, she was able to get through that. But I always remember, I said, you got to, I said, I'm not going to tell you when to do your ball handling. I'm not going to tell you when to do your shooting. It's all up to you. So the whole summer, she worked her butt off. Um, I didn't, cause I, I was tired as you, you'll see, I was tired of watching. I said, I don't want to <laughs> see you do it. Watch, I'm, I'm doing this. And, and, um, and she won't always, I said, Nope. I said, I don't want to see it. It's up to you. Um, and I remember it's like, it was mid September and we went to tryouts. I'm running the tryout. I have my assistant coach and, um, and, uh, and she did really, I was surprised. I was like, man, her ball handling is better. I was really surprised. She was doing really well. Um, and I, you know, we called everyone, we told everyone they made the team and I forgot to tell her she's crying her eyes out in her bedroom. <laughs> and my, I, my husband, I'm like, he's, I said, what's wrong with Tara? He's like, I said, well, she, she said you cut her. And I'm like, I did. I did not do that. I said, she actually played. Well. I was like, I was shocked that she actually, I thought I was going to redshirt her. Uh, so, and he said, no, she's crying. She, you never talked to her. I said, that means you never talked to her. And she thinks you cut her. I was like, Oh my gosh. So she, she ended up making a team on her own merit, which I was very proud of. Um, I just, I didn't start her until maybe her second or third year. And it was because of my assistant coach, because she was always responsible to take care of anytime we separated, I separated my daughter. So she didn't work with me. She worked with the assistant coach, which is my assistant coach for CCA right now. Um, so, um, so it was really good that way. And um, <clears throat> when she stopped listening to me, I, um, I brought her to Merrick. And that's how I met Merrick because I was also, I was already a, um, a skill developer for Ottawa U when I was their assistant coach. So when I met Merrick and he was doing one of those Merrick Palmer sessions, um, it was Andy, uh, Andy um, Waterman that kind of say, Hey, you know, Merrick is doing something if you want, cause I couldn't find anything for the kids at the time. And he says, um, you know, Merrick is doing something at this school. Maybe you want to check it out. So um, so I ended, just ended up there and I said, Hey, do you want some help? Cause he got like, at the time, I think he had 14, 15 kids. 
and uh, I wanted to you know help the kids because they were smaller and uh, and that's how we started working together especially when he did uh, capital courts um, I was one of the one of the inst uh, instructor there as well like you know a lot of the a lot of the female crowd was coming as well so so that's kind of how we started working together so as you can see the theme with CCA is everyone started working together for a very long time even my mental trainer he started with my Wolverine team because I just wanted them to have the a mental trainer like just like I had when I was at Ottawa U uh, a lot earlier because I said man if I had this when I was in high school that would be great um, so he was the mental trainer for Ottawa U um, as, and he was um, he was actually writing his thesis and I said what if you did your thesis with my team and uh, so I'd always kind of had that kind of barter thing with people because I didn't have any money I could just pay them in hugs um, so um, so that's kind of how we did it he came once a week and wrote his thesis on the on the you know the female versus the male because I had two teams um, you know in terms of how the psyche works and the confidence and, and everything and so I was able to uh, at least get um, take advantage of some of the resources and show them the advantages of mental training at, at you know at the club level yeah yeah absolutely and you know we could be here all, all night talking about basketball <laughs> here but uh, you know we, we've got to wrap up sometime and, yeah. and and we'll definitely you know look, look at possibly getting you back on in a future episode but <laughs> if, if you had to you know, look back on it and pick maybe one or two memories that stand out the most to you. And it could be coaching, could be as a parent watching a game, it could be as a player, you know, what would those moments be? Um, for me, I would really say, I think one of the things that I've, I've you know, I find that I cherish the most for, from coaching um, is the relationship I have with my athletes. Um, uh, and I know I said, you like, what are the moments back then? I said, for me, I like something I remember recently. It's like, you know, like it's Marissa calling me two weeks ago to say, hi, how you doing? I said, just want to tell you my, my whole body's hurting, but I'm happy to see you, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh, Cassie, that's going to McMaster, same thing. She just called me. I said, I just want to see how you doing coach. You know, I know it's different times. Like, and I always told them, I said, what is gonna make me the, the the happiest with all of this is when they actually move on in different parts of their journey and they remember to like you know what I'm gonna invite coach to my wedding so that means that you've done the right things when it comes to the kids and I find that you know I every kid so far I said every one of them even Ashley which uh, you know like uh, that you know some of the kids it's been a while they still kind of keep in touch and contact me just to say hi and see how things are going. Um, and they don't hesitate if they feel like something is not right, that they can actually talk to someone that they can trust and that will be neutral because my thing is no judgment. You call, this is what's happening, um, you know, and you know, I'll help you think things through. But I think when I look at this, it, to me, I really cherish the coaching and the impact I have because that's the one thing that I never get any money for <laughs> even CCA if you think about it I was like I don't get any money at all so that's why I still have my full-time job but um, I think I get paid with their appreciation for what I do because that's how they show it by just give me a call or send me a text um, and I think those are the memorable moments because there's so many moments like you just said like I went five years at Ottawa U and they were great like I can't, like I look back, I met so many wonderful women. I played with great women. I coached with wonderful people uh, that when I decided to coach and, and they always advise me. And I just feel like I've been so blessed with the teams that I had to coach, the teams that I played with. Um, I, I just think that a lot of things were just so positive. Um, and I, I just never saw things as, uh, you know, as, as, you know, how do you call it? How do you say that again? Like, um, it's, you know, whenever something happens, it's not a bad thing. It's a learning thing, you know? So it's, so that's kind of the way I see it. So I think the, the, all my biggest, my, my biggest memories are really just the athletes that I've been able to work with and, um, and that's playing and then, the, and that's coaching right now because I, I, I really appreciate them just allowing me to coach them so that means they just open themselves to have me coach them and listen to me and and be able to res mutually respect each other 
Yeah, yeah, amazing. So for any athletes out there who are listening to this right now, ne never be too cool to call your coach and just say, <laughs> how's it going? Yeah, invite me to your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Coach Fat will be the first one on the dance floor. There. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Well, you know, for people who are listening right now who might want to learn more either about yourself or about CCA and the work that you're doing there, where can people find you or get more information? Yeah, I think that, you know, even through CCA, they, you know, we, we have our email address there. A lot of people will go to, to, to through Merrick as well. Uh, to reach out to me, um, you know, that's the, that's the easiest way to do that. Um, and people always know how to find me. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So check it out. Uh, they've got a website. We'll get it posted along the bottom there. And aside from that, like I said, uh, I feel like we're only just scratching the surface here and you know, you're just such a wealth of basketball knowledge and information there that we'll, we'll have to do this again. But I just want to say thank you for taking the time to sit down with us and, you know, just sharing just a, a sliver of your uh, sort of life experience there. Yeah, no, thank you. And, uh, and it, it's a pleasure to actually meet you and talk to you instead of just waving at each other. So, um, you know, so don't be a stranger now. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much. And that's it. Another episode of the Dice Sports YouTube page and podcast network in the books. Massive thank you goes out to our guest today, Coach Blizzard, who sat down with us and shared her journey through sports and as a player, a coach, a recruiter, everything else that goes into running a, a high quality basketball program there. We probably could have gone on for another couple hours and you know, we were just beginning to scratch the surface as far as her knowledge of the sport, of the sports industry, sports business, everything else that uh, goes into uh, making a, a, a career in a specific sport there. So uh, definitely going to have to look at getting her back at a future episode. Uh, make sure you guys like, comment, share, subscribe. We've also got various social media outlets as well, too, all of them at Dine Sports. Love to connect with you guys on there. Keep growing this community and keep the momentum going. We've got some more great guests coming up in the next couple couple of weeks there so be sure to stay tuned until then stay safe everyone we'll see you next time